Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 195, when this message sounds cold and insensitive. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome back to Changeable. So today I want to talk about something that happens sometimes. Um, It's a major concern for the coaches I train. It's probably the biggest, biggest uh, worry or concern on their mind. Um, And and it's a valid concern to some extent because it happens. And it's, it's when we're looking at the kinds of things we talk about here, in particular, looking at at the source of suffering and and we're talking about how it it comes from identifying with thought so i would say without hesitation that all suffering all of it is the identification with thought that when we aren't identified with and and believing and and really caught up in the narrative of the narrator when we aren't listening to what our mind is saying and and not just listening, but really identified with it, viewing it as the truth of things. When we aren't doing that, it's saying whatever it's saying and and there's space around that. Even when what it's saying is really uncomfortable, even when we're in physical pain, even when physical needs aren't being met, there may be pain, there will be hunger, there will be exhaustion, there will be all of that. But there isn't going to be suffering unless unless there's a believing of and a being tied in with a, a story about that experience, about that pain or that hunger or that exhaustion that says it shouldn't be here. It's happening to me. This is happening to me, meaning I am separate from that and I am separate from everything else really. And that that thing is hurting me and it shouldn't be happening. That is where all suffering comes from. And now I, I, I don't, I don't know. It looks very clear to me, and I could be wrong, of course, right? I, I, I'm, we're just sort of exploring how how things appear to work, I guess. Um, I'm never ever telling anyone what to believe. Don't believe me. Just check it out yourself and see what you see about it. Um, but I can't find a lot at this moment in time. I can't find a lot of exceptions or any exceptions to that. So it just looks like how it works. And, and we're looking toward it, again, in the spirit of just, just curiosity, not even agenda, not even agenda to never suffer, I hope. If you have an agenda to never suffer, it's going to be a lot harder. It's going to be much, much harder because you won't be curious. You won't be as curious. You'll, you can't be. You'll be looking to serve your agenda. So, and of course, listen, like we're human. So most of the time we come into this conversation with an agenda to stop suffering. I certainly did. I still have that agenda when suffering shows up. So that's okay too, right? That's not, it's not that that's not there. But ideally, and when we can, and hopefully when you're listening to these podcasts and things like that, we can be in a place where we're just curious about what the heck's going on here. What feels like a bigger truth besides this thought-created, me-centered truth that we all seem to get conditioned into? So when we're looking at it that way, it doesn't, it, it, 
it doesn't tend to be all that confrontational. But we're, we're humans and we're only ever seeing it through a veil of thinking. And when there's any identification with that thinking, which there is for most people, there is a me filter. There is, there is, of course, of course, we hear things and say, and say, well, I don't like the sound of that. That, what does that mean about me? And what does that say about me? Or, um, or our mind will just argue and, and, you know, you know, a mind is so amazingly, beautifully black and white, very linear, very right or wrong. So it'll want to make someone right and someone wrong. And, you know, it's just, it's just, here's things in that way. So I can totally, totally understand how a very simple, um, objective, coming from curiosity kind of exploration of how experience works can very, very easily and often be heard in a more confrontational way that doesn't sit well. I totally get that. that that's just, again, that there's no judgment on that. That's just the way our, our mind tends to hear things and see things. So it makes sense that it happens that way. But what I've seen about this recently, over time and recently, is there seems to be a few major things that that are going on, like what what we might call misunderstandings or ways that people are hearing this message when it feels in, when it feels insensitive or cold or um, anything like that that are not what's being said, but they're what's being heard. So just a note on that, you know, we're never hearing really what's being said ever around this message or anything when we're listening through a filter of thinking, we're hearing what we're hearing. We're hearing how our mind is hearing it, how thought is interpreting it. And again, sometimes that is very laden with all kinds of what does this mean about me stuff and other times less so. But that's kind of how we hear things, you know. So so again, what's being heard is not what's being said almost ever for any of us any of the time. Now, we can get a lot better at that. And, And when we talk about listening, really listening. We're listening beyond the words of what's being said. And that seems to help a whole lot. It seems to help a ton is to listen for the feel, listen for a sense. We'll say often, you know, listen for, and and many people talk about that, listen for a general feeling of resonance or for a feeling of expansiveness or something like that rather than hanging on the words because the words, again, they're words. So by definition, they're very uh, black or white and dualistic and there's just going to be issues when we're hanging on the words too much. They give our mind so much to argue with. So I'll share these things that I think are being heard, which we might say again are three kind of misunderstandings in a sense, uh, things that are being heard but not said when something sounds, when this message can sound kind of cold and insensitive. Um, and, and then I'll give you some examples. So one of them is I think when uh, when we're saying, you know, all suffering, I'll just use this as the example. And people would obviously say this in their own way in different words. But if I'm saying uh, so all suffering comes from identifying with thought, that can be heard as negating one's experience. So, so someone might hear that and say, oh, 
if my suffering is made of thought, then you're saying it's not real or you're saying it's not true or it's not valid. You see that? So I'm not saying that at all. We're just looking at a very simple fact, perhaps, that suffering happens when there is identification with the story that a mind is telling, period, full stop, that's it. But because of how a mind works, understandably, totally understandably, when someone says this to me, it's like, yeah, I get it. Of course, of course it looks that way. Of course you're hearing that. So understandably, see, a mind jumps over it. It's like I did an episode a few episodes ago called Overlooked, how the mind can't grasp the immediacy of life, the intimacy, the right now thisness of life. It jumps into a concept about life. So instantly it's overlooking the truth and it's jumping into an idea about the truth. This is the thing about listening. When we're listening to words, we're jumping over the truth or what's actually being said. And we're, what we actually hear is our mind's ideas about what's being said. So in this case, you know, if, if we're saying, yeah, all, all suffering comes from identifying with thought, a mind for sure will say, you know, without us having anything to do with it, this is just what a mind does. It says, what does this mean about me? Oh, you're saying my suffering isn't real. It's not valid. It's not true. And of course, that feels very offensive and cold and insensitive. Of course it does. But again, just that's not what's being said at all. We're just looking at very simply at how something works or my idea, my pointer toward maybe how it works. And then a lot of stuff will be will be heard in that, will be folded into that. Okay, so that's one of them is that it negates experience. And I'll I'll maybe talk about each of these a little bit more in a minute, but but first, like of course, it doesn't negate any experience. And yes, whether suffering is coming from identification with thought or anything else, maybe suffering is coming from your boss or your bank account or your weight. Either way, it's a very 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 real experience. So it doesn't matter. Like I'm never ever negating experience. We've all felt a lot of suffering at times. You know, it is real. So in no way is is this message saying that. Okay, so the second one, um, I think it's a big one, is it's it's sometimes heard suffering equals identification with thought can be heard as as me saying that you your experience should be different. You shouldn't be suffering or that there's even an option for it to be different. Like like people will hear that as like, oh, so if this is all thought, you're saying I could just think differently and have a different experience. I, I think this one needs like a few stars by it. Like this is really probably the biggie. Oh, you're, oh, so I should just be able to think differently. Oh, so if I did this different or if I saw it differently or if I had the right insight, then I wouldn't be in this suffering. No, not at all. Not even one tiny bit of what I'm saying is implying that. Not even a little bit. But of course, that's how a mind will hear it sometimes. Because again, mind is just coming in with this me and what does it have to do with me filter. And it and it will hear like, oh, you know, suffering is identifying with thought. Well, where's my role in that? Oh, so this is this is could be different. 
I don't believe anything could be different than it is ever. How could it? Really, look at that. Like, how could anything ever be different than it is? Doesn't that have to be a thought? Doesn't that have to be an idea? This could be some other way. It's a very compelling one and it's a very invisible one. We buy into that so quickly. There's no way things could be different and there's really no way they should be different according to whom. I mean, that that one's even easier to see through. But so there's no way they should be different and there's no way they even could be different than how they are. But a mind will constantly, constantly talk about those two things, how it should be and how it could be, how it should have been and how it could have been. And that's only because a mind is constantly like looking around. It's not here ever. It can't be here. That's the opposite of the nature of a mind is to be here. It, It can't be here. It can only be in a better or worse future or past. Ever. That's its job. Ever, ever. That'll never change. So, I don't know. I love that one. And it's a big one. I think this is probably, that's probably the most common thing that I hear sort of beneath one's uh, discontent with this this, uh, proposition. Okay, so the third one is um, that, that I think suffering comes from identifying with thought can be heard as if your experience is your fault. Kind of similar to to the last one, but it's like, oh, well, if my experience, if my suffering is all coming from thought, this is a big one too, I'm guilty because I'm creating it. Or, and there's a little tweak on this one too, similarly, it's like if suffering comes from identifying with thought, sometimes people hear that they don't like that because it sounds like it lets someone off the hook. It makes them guilty and it lets someone else off the hook. So it's like if if a, if a Ukrainian person's suffering is coming from thought, that lets, lets Putin off the hook. None of that is right to me in the least. None of that is what's being said. We don't create our experience in any way that we have any control over. If you do, just create a better one. If you say, but I can't just create a better one, then exactly. If you say, like most people do, well, sometimes I've been able to create a better one, so I, there's hope. I'm going to keep trying. Well, then you're in the universal hook. <laughs> That's the problem right there. Is our mind will tell us, it will, it will convince us that we do have control. And sometimes we've been able to do it. And sometimes we haven't, but we just didn't try hard enough those times or that was different or whatever. And it just sets up this impossible to win game where, again, you kind of did it. So you're in there with a lot of hope, like maybe again, but you can't do it that well. So you're kind of a loser because you're not that good at it. Tell me if I'm wrong about this. Like this is law of attraction, right? Like this is how that feels. And I'm not equating what I'm saying here with law of attraction completely, but it's the same sentiment. That's the same thing people go through. Well, if I just do it better, then I'll be able to get everything I want. And it did happen those five times before. So I, I, I'm enough invested that I'm going to keep holding on to this. Even when I have 500 instances of it not working, there were those five. And then there were those other people I read about. So I know it's got to be possible. I'm just not that good at it. It's all my fault. 
It's a trap. You would not create suffering. Why would you? Why would you create suffering? You would not create suffering. You are not doing it. There is no ounce of guilt or responsibility or blame in this message whatsoever. We're simply looking at the mechanics way under the hood of of how suffering happens. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. And it doesn't let anyone else off the hook either because it's not their fault either. And I know that's not, <laughs> I know that's not going to go over well. It's, it's not their fault in that, again, they aren't sitting around like, I, I don't see how anyone can just decide to see outside of the reality that they see through. It's not our choice or our decision. And it really can feel like it because we've had moments where, where we sort of are at a fork in the road, where we kind of see, oh, I think I see that this, that I could go down this road, you know, this like, I could, I could move forward with the war or, or maybe we don't move forward with the war. And in that fork in the road, we've all had many of those experiences. Again, that kind of reinforces this idea that we are choosing it and we could have chosen something else. So we should have chosen this one or that one. But I think that's just a moment where different thinking shows up. It's not a true choice necessarily. It's like we just see stuff. We we think this, that. And then the the action that's taken is not like I pulled out my free will and made it go that way. That's the reality. Whatever the action taken, that's the reality that won out in that moment that's showing up for us all the time that is not up to us. So I want to read um, something. It's short that I wrote. You may have read it. It was on my blog and and in my newsletter a few weeks ago. Um, that that is in the camp of very easily and again so understandably. I so get this so understandably. Um, people can hear it as cold as insensitive. I totally, totally get that. I don't take offense at it one little bit. I just. I just want to help zoom it out and clear it up when that happens, you know, but I'm not the least bit um, defensive or offended by someone saying this sounds insensitive or anything like that because me too, seriously, for a long time, um, it can feel, it can sound that way. So it was a very short little thing I wrote called Thought Believed. So I'm going to read it. The only thing ever going on when there is any bit of discomfort or discontent is this, a thought believed. Thought arises and is viewed as all there is. There is never anything else going on. Thought arises and is viewed as truth. That's it. It's that simple, but here's why it won't feel so simple. It will most definitely look like there is something else going on. It will look like what's happening should not be happening, as if another version of what is is possible. It will look like you should have made a different choice. It will look like you could be happier if something changed. It will look like it's not fair. It will look like you aren't living up to your potential. You missed your chance. The world should be different. People in your life should be different. All of those things will appear to be the case, but all of those things are only thoughts believed. None of those are the problem or the source of suffering. They are thoughts viewed as truth, and thoughts viewed as truth are the only true source of suffering. So that's pretty direct. (laughs) I, I know. 
I'm just putting it out there, right? And again, completely get how that can be heard. And and I and I really want to acknowledge I am not good at this. Um I I don't I don't tend to go out and take a bigger feel, take a bigger like pulse on things before I share things because I don't see them that way. So so that this went out uh you know in the middle and the beginning of a war, uh maybe that was not a wise thing on my part. Maybe that was was opening this to be heard and felt in a in a certain way. I totally totally can see that. Again, it in a weird way, it just doesn't occur to me to go and I'm not saying this is an excuse or a good thing. This could be a, a, a very bad thing about me, but it just doesn't occur to me to look out into the world and say, okay, what's going on in the world? And is this going to be heard this way or heard that way? Or is this insensitive? I guess, honestly, because I just know deeply that it that it is not meant in that way whatsoever. And that truly, this is where freedom is. And that doesn't mean that we hear the freedom instantly. Sometimes we're very offended and, and hate messages and they feel super confrontational. But it doesn't, in my view, it doesn't make it not true. The war in Ukraine is no exception to what I'm sharing at all in my mind. And I completely get that when when we're struggling and suffering to hear this can feel, you know, the way the way I've been saying. So I just want to share a little bit of one comment that I got, and I I, I don't even want to like read it verbatim. And and by the way, um, the person who posted this, we had a great little dialogue. So I, you know, I don't know where she stands, but we had a great little dialogue. There's no no ill will. There was no offense on my part whatsoever. Um, but I'll just share a little the flavor of it. So. Um, it was along the lines of like, yeah, okay, but this can come come across as simply cruel when it's applied to like the people of Ukraine right now. Um, there was a question here. That's a great question. Are basic human survival needs just thought? Ultimately, yes, this person says from a spiritual perspective, but we're in a human body. Coming from somebody sitting in comfort with those needs met, it feels cruel to suggest that for anyone less fortunate. And then they went on to say, you know, applying this to um, somebody caring for someone who has a disease like Alzheimer's, things like that, someone watching their child die. It feels utterly inhumane um, to see that suffering comes from thought identified with in those cases. So I appreciate that. I really do. I appreciate that so much. And I really clearly, this was my sense of it. And again, I don't want to make this sound like this is the truth and I'm right. But this is just my sense of it. It's like, oh, there there are those things. Like those, those three points I mentioned. Um, there's no bit of, of me saying that um, it's anyone's fault that they're having the experience that they're having. Not even a shred of that. It is, it is, no one's fault and it lets no one off the hook. There's no bit of this that that is me saying um, your experience isn't real because it's thought. It, that's all experience is ever is thought. So it's as real as anything. And, and, and there's no shred of me saying like, oh, well, when you see this, you won't suffer. If my child were dying, if I were in the Ukraine right now and a, being attacked, 
I would suffer as much as anyone, I'm sure. No question. And that suffering, that suffering happens. The suffering. Now, now there's grief, there's pain, there's physical needs, right? There's stuff that comes up around physical needs. When you have no food for a long period of time, you feel physical hunger. That can even be felt as pain. For that physical hunger to feel like suffering is when the story comes in that says, I can't handle this anymore. This is not fair. It's not okay. It's happening to me. I just can't, just can't see a way around that. Now, again, that's not putting anyone, that's not letting anyone off the hook. That's not saying you should be able to just be hungry and suck it up. Like not at all. It's just looking at how it works. There's pain and then there's suffering and we're all going to feel suffering at times. We all have felt suffering at times. It's just kind of looking in a totally non-judgmental way at, at where it crosses that line because we're curious and we want to see what's under the hood. We want to see a little bit more about how life works. Never to change anything. Never with the assumption that you shouldn't or, or can just turn off suffering. But to really see it as clearly as we can possibly see it. So yes, when you have no shelter, when, when bombs are falling by you, no question, there's going to be fear. There's going to be all kinds of physical needs that are coming up to be met. No question. And there's most likely going to be some suffering mixed in with that. And in those moments when the suffering is greatest, there's going to be thought, you're not doing this. There will be a mind saying, this is me and this is my life and it's wrong. And in those moments, and this happens all the time, especially in those circumstances, in those moments when there is perhaps hunger and fear and, and discomfort in various ways, but not so much suffering, there will not, there will be less of that story. You know, there will still be what's happening, but all the time people say, especially when they're in the midst of it, right? There was this peace around me. There was an ability to just help other people or just know what to do for myself. And again, that I'm not saying that lasts, like no experience lasts. So there'll be moments of that maybe followed with a moment of why is this happening to me? Shouldn't be happening. Of course there would be. My mind would surely be telling that story too. And then that story clears out and then there's moments of, okay, what's next? What do I do? What's happening here? Or just moments of a quiet mind and just moving toward, moving through life in a way that that you're just being lived. So there's, okay, no judgment on it, no responsibility on it, no, you're doing it to yourself. No, 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 not even a little bit. You are not doing it to yourself. You are a human being and minds do this. Minds have an idea of a me and the more that me gets folded into the mix, the more they're suffering. And the more, the more that me and my life and this should or shouldn't be happening, that's where the suffering comes in, no matter what, no matter what, even in the most horrible of circumstances. I hope that makes some sense. You know, I think ultimately it's hard. It's so hard. What it really comes down to and what I say a lot and Amanda says it all the time and the other moderators and stuff is we, we're just looking in a direction and then it's like, okay, stop, period. Don't, don't let your mind interpret this and turn it into all kinds of things. And, you know, we can say, don't let your mind, but it's not up to us, but to see how that works. So it's like, if we can look at, okay, what if all suffering is thought identified? Shh, 
quiet, done. Stop it there. (laughs) Just sit in that. And your mind will jump up and down and say, are you kidding me? And I should be, and I shouldn't, and this and that. And it's like when we can just sit in the pause and sit in the simple idea, so much gets to open up. Again, the old, that's the only reason this is, whole conversation is happening, right? We're curious about what's behind the curtain, what's really going on here. And there's so much freedom, so much freedom that comes from that especially when there's a war happening, especially when horrible things are happening, when things that are so hard are happening. And, you know, I know what I'm saying is really not all that confrontational at the same time because we have all had these experiences and you hear about them all the time, that when someone is dying, it is excruciating and also the most beautiful thing ever. You know, that in the middle of really dire circumstances, really scary circumstances, it is terrifying and there is so much compassion and love and helping that happens. So it's just a giant and, that's all. And I just want to end this by saying again, another note to uh, my change coaches and other coaches out there who who have this on their mind because I did too, for sure. It's so it's so understandable and it's really beautiful because it's it's like we've we know that there's so much freedom available there's so much compassion that really seeing it this way is the opposite of insensitive and cold it's it opens you to so much compassion for what anyone is feeling we sense that yet we get especially early on i did for sure early on get really nervous about how someone's going to hear it and what are they going to think and how are they going to take it and that's beautiful. That's just well-meaning. And we just, we just want them to, you know, we want them to skip ahead to the freedom, of course, and the compassion. Um, but I, I think the more we just, we just know what we're pointing toward and we know where it's coming from. And we know that everyone's going to have whatever experience of it they have. That's another example of exactly what I'm talking about here. It's like a space opens up. They can get angry. They can... They can quit back really quickly. What do you mean? This doesn't apply here. And there's space for that. That's okay. We would have too. We probably did too at times. We don't need them to see it any particular way. That's not our job. We're just sharing what we see. We're just pointing in a direction. And there's space for any reaction to that. That helps us better feel better. But it also helps the whole dynamic. Because I know for me, I used to get a little defensive. I would get a little nervous. No question, they could feel that. Now we were sort of more in a mental debate a little bit where I'm trying to prove a point to some extent. Not good. I mean, not ideal, right? So when we can listen beyond our mind, when we feel to what's being said beyond the words, there's a common ground there that is quite easily felt. It really is. And that that even when people say, okay, I st- and this happens all the time now, um, okay, I still don't, I can't wrap my head around what you're saying, but on some level they can feel where it's coming from. They can feel what's what's behind the words and it's okay. And it allows them to just be in that conflict, that paradox or whatever's happening in their head. That's fine. It's just experience. And in just allowing that to be there and being in that, that tends to settle and resolve for them. And we don't have to, we don't have to debate it or convince them or anything like that. We just make the space for that to show up and it, it takes care of itself. So this whole thing around, if you're a coach or if you just 
like to share this with people and they have these reactions? Of course they do. The more we don't need them to be any different than that and we can just hold space for any reaction because we, we know what we're talking about or we know where we're wanting to point, you know, the easier that whole thing gets. After a very long, very virtual two years, the amazing Little School of Big Change live event is back. We'll gather in person from June 3rd to 5th in Chicago for two and a half days of connection, exploration, and a lot of hugs, laughter, and insights around this year's theme, which is life appearing as everything. I would love to gather and immerse in this conversation with you in person in Chicago in June. For full details and to save your seat with the early bird pricing, visit dramyjohnson.com slash LSBC Live 2022.